Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Great. <laughs> yeah, today is a very wet day. Uh, heavy rain. Okay. So, uh, this is the reason why I haven't been using Windows since 2008. Yeah. <laughs> Is still doing this update. Ah, yeah. This is Windows Ten. Yeah. What What I mean is that my main machine, I actually don't use Windows on it. Yeah, because. Yeah, so it's actually connected. Yeah, it's just working on updates. Hundred percent complete. Don't turn off your computer. And it's like so how can I invite you all to sit a bit closer to the front today? Yeah. Uh, and while you are doing that, a bit of housekeeping. Next week there will be no class, yeah, for one week, okay, just one week. Uh, traditionally, uh, I can only say that I heard, yeah, because I didn't go through the full traditional traditional uh, training. Uh, I've heard that traditionally, when the when a sutra or a sastra a commentary is being taught. The requirement is that the students must have memorized the text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I say traditionally. Yeah. So if if that was the case, then we don't have to wait for the computer to power. <laughs> yeah. Uh, If you're like me, uh, I, I, I don't really fancy uh, memorizing things also, yeah. Uh, but over the years, I start to appreciate the value of uh, committing them to memory. Yeah. Uh, there are many ways to commit things to memory. One is to. Uh, to actually go through a memorization process. The other one is to use it so often that you just remember it. Yeah. I personally prefer the second, the latter. Uh, but I've also found various ways of uh, remembering um, things. Yeah. Uh, there are different techniques out there on how you can very quickly memorize things. But even more importantly is why the need to memorize? Yeah. Why is there a need to commit the teachings to to heart, to memory? Yeah. By doing so, uh, then 
when you need to apply it, when you need to use it, uh, it becomes almost second nature. Yeah. Uh, the update is now suddenly 15% complete, 16% complete. So, <laughs> uh, so far, so far the text has been uh, um, going on about uh, about uh, facing the end of our life and how uh, the perils of of facing that if we have if a person has not uh, done wholesome deeds yeah uh, and then in the past few verses in the past lesson we covered the text on how uh, uh, the worldly things that we have pursued whether it is material things or our friends and family uh, they are not uh, Reliance, they are not something that we can truly depend on yeah, when facing death. Uh, but instead, the, the Buddha, Dharma, and the Sangha, uh, that is the true refuge. Yeah, that's the true refuge. So, uh, today's class until the end of chapter 2, uh, let's see whether we can finish chapter 2. Yeah. Uh, we'll be focusing on that yeah. uh, doing confession yeah, doing repentance and then taking refuge uh, oh you all actually uh, printed it out into a thick book uh. Is that another set? Yeah, maybe we can just go ahead with this first. This is the English text. Huh? suddenly decided that it has updates to update. Yeah, I didn't even know that it has internet access here. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to continue with the class first, okay? Uh, so, uh, last week, last week we stopped at this Si Wei Zun Sen Jiao Is this the part? Or is it 53, right? Mm. So, uh, any thoughts so far? Any thoughts or any questions so far? So verse, verse 54, yeah, following from that, 
in verse 53, we end with uh, refuge. Yeah. Uh, you all may be familiar, you, have, you may have seen the Buddha's uh, images where the Buddha is usually uh, depicted as standing and the hand uh, in this way. Yeah. Who does this nowadays? Taking a pledge. Huh? Taking a pledge. Huh? Taking a pledge like that? Uh? Not, like, not like that, man. <laughs> Which country are you from? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe when you are pledging in as a citizen uh, you know but I think I've seen the, they do this also you know in court uh, not, not taking pledge uh. yeah so um, uh, the, the one person who will do this is maybe the you know if you go to NTUC you see the police standy, right? That guy. <laughs> so why is this sign? Stop. Stop yeah. Uh, in ancient India and other cultures also, this is actually abhaya. Yeah. Abhaya. Fearlessness. Yeah. The fearless giving of fearlessness mudra. Mudra is hand sign. Yeah. So the Buddha is depicted usually standing yeah, and the hand in this way. Yeah. There are a few occasions where this is very clearly uh, uh, illustrated. So for example, when, uh, when the Buddha was, was attacked by this drunkard uh, elephant, yeah, it was an assassination attempt yeah, by his own cousin, uh, Venerable Devadatta. Yeah. So as the elephant was charging towards uh, the Buddha, then Venerable Ananda tried to, uh, you know, shield the Buddha. The Buddha t- instructed Venerable Ananda to move aside, and then he radiated metta towards the elephant, yeah, and gave fearlessness to the elephant, yeah, calmed him down with his kindness. Yeah. Uh, in this and among many others. The Buddha is seen to be uh, a giver of peace. Yeah, a giver of peace. Mm. Uh, in what way does the Buddha give us peace? Yeah, the Buddha gives us peace <coughs> uh, through the Dharma, really. Yeah. Uh, but if you were to be around the Buddha in the Buddha's time, then, like so many people who have encountered the Buddha, you would you would probably attest to a similar experience where uh, so many would, uh, would profess that uh, the, the Buddha, you know, um, like just seeing the Buddha, they just felt peace. Yeah? Uh, I've, I've heard some students say this about uh, some elderly masters also. Yeah. Uh, my own late teacher, yeah, uh, some students mentioned that about him also. Um, of the of those who are alive, uh, the Dalai Lama himself, how, how many of you have met him before? 
the Dalai Lama, one person. Uh, so I have some students who shared that uh, when they uh, when they go to Dharamsala for the teachings, usually like three or five days, yeah, teaching on the Bodhisattva precepts or the Bodhisattva path teachings, six paramita, or sometimes like even the Heart Sutra. And sometimes they'll get to actually go up like a long queue. Uh, then you queue, 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 go up, and then uh, just just very quickly, uh, just shake hands, say hello, then zoom, go down, you know. Yeah. So some of them uh, share about their experience. Yeah. Uh, almost all of them would say that uh, they feel in immense kindness. Yeah. Uh, one or two actually mentioned that he he sometimes can be quite cheeky. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, huh? No, no, cannot say like me, because he's he's senior. <laughs> uh, don't have to compare with him. Uh. They can come, come. Take, take yes. Yeah, like if you all want to take photo with me, yeah, you can come. <laughs> uh, but for Dalai Lama, of Hola for you, John Zuer, you must sure this is the Dalai Lama. Yeah. So for Dalai Lama, if he appears suddenly and then he offers to take pictures, like he, you all ask and he offer, then he's obliging. If Sifu say, come take picture, hello, it is Sifu. Yeah, so this thing about giving fearlessness. Mm. Uh, in one of the sutta, it is said that there was one time uh, the Buddha was, was with his disciples and they were on arms going, walking through. And then the Buddha walked past, and uh, his shadow, uh, he, his shadow go past some ends, yeah. And then, uh, followed by Venerable Sariputra, the shadows also covered some ends. Uh, then someone commented that when the Buddha walked past, the ends were. Ah. <laughs> But when Venerable Sariputra, Venerable Sariputra, um, he's described as very charismatic also. But when he walked past, the ants felt a bit of, like, tense up. Mm. I don't know how ants look like when they're tense up. Uh. Yeah, but they felt a bit of fear. Mm. So then after that, um, I think Venerable Sariputra noted that. Then asked the Buddha, the Buddha then explained that. Uh, because... For Varasabha Sariputra, he has attained Arahanthood already. Yeah. But the, the so many kapas of, of that um, karmic seed influence uh, is, is not fully purified. Yeah. The defilements are purified. Yeah. But the past karmic seeds, sti- there's still that, that shadow of it. Yeah. Whereas for Buddha, he has not done any harmful deeds for so long. Yeah. Not just for a few hours, for a few days, for a few years. 
not just for one life, life after life. Can you imagine a person who has not harmed anybody intentionally for so many, many lives, compounds? Huh? Well, if you can be, you can even gaze upon such a person. Wow. Yeah. And so, uh, when you see some of these verses, uh, uh, it's actually describing this kind of qualities, you know, yeah, this kind of qualities. Mm. So this Si Wei Zun Shen Jiao Jing Shen Da Yu Ju Yuan Yi Gui Ming Zun Jiu Su Chu Bu Wei. So the Buddha, yeah, through his teaching both through his teachings and just his presence yeah, can calm people down, remove that fear, yeah, remove that fear. Uh, in fact, for many of us in our life, we, are, we play such a role to some individuals. Yeah, to some individuals. For example, for those of you who are mothers, yeah, uh, you would probably play such a role to your child. Yeah? Uh, most people, yeah, most people, when we think about our mother, ah, our mind become at ease. Not when we are maybe seven, eight years old, not, not when we are in our teen, teenage years, secondary school, you know, our mother keep scolding us, tell us to study, you know. <laughs> and then we think of mother, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even through that, yeah, throughout that period, uh, the, our our mothers shower us with care and concern and attention, yeah, and love. Yeah. So the Buddha, the distinction is that the Buddha, um, the compassion extends to all, uh, not just to to the to his family, not just to some of his friends, but to all sentient beings. Yeah. Let me log in finally. And because I seldom log in with this, I tend to have to try a few times. Ah, okay. Come. Okay. Ruoji Xin Changji. Is the screen up? Is it connected? Oh, I think that one is okay. But it's just my... Let me see. Huh? Huh? Uh, no. This should be working.
Just give me a second, let me just check the setting for the projection. see the screen uh. mm. yeah so so uh, for, if we if we fear always uh, encountering those uh, sickness uh, common sickness uh, in such cases what happened uh, we would require the the nursing, the support, or the instructions of the uh, doctors. <coughs> uh, so uh, much more, much more uh, the the use the use of defilements, yeah, such as uh, greed. So here, tan den. Yeah, the ten. Uh, usually, the common meaning is uh, weight. Yeah, but the other meaning is etc. Yeah, so greed etc. And what is the etc? So we have the three uh, root defilements: uh, greed, hatred, and delusion. Yeah, tan chen shi. Then if you talk about the six, then you add three more. Tan chen shi man yi er jian. So, uh, greed, hatred, delusion. Then, tan chen shi man, conceit. Then, doubt and wrong views. Yeah. So, all together, you can have six. Uh, all the various defilements, all included. Uh, Every week something doesn't work. Huh? <laughs> Still don't have. Hey, who has the controller? Is that the controller? Yeah, yeah. Pass it to me. Okay. Wow, we were we weren't able to install um this. And then cannot cannot click outside or oh, can okay. Okay, hang on uh. let me uh Okay, so this is fifty four. Okay, line. You can have this back. Thank you. Hmm. Okay. So, 何况贪等患? 
So, defilements is often described as a metaphor with illness. Yeah? The Buddha often described himself uh, as the doctor. Yeah? And uh, the unenlightened sentient beings like patience. Yeah? And then the, the problem of suffering. Yeah? What causes suffering? Uh, in this case, defilement. Yeah? Defilement is described as an illness. Mm, as an illness. Uh, so this uh, first two parts, this yeah, is referring to uh, in in the Sanskrit Pali term is Jambu Dipa. Yeah, Jambu Dipa. Uh, so this word Jambu there's actually two this the, the name of this uh, continent there's actually uh, two two meaning to it. Jambu. Uh, one is you know Jambu. <laughs> yeah. It's actually the same thing. Rose apple. Yeah. So according to uh, the, the the text, it says that the the southern part, south of the Himalayas, there are some uh, parts of the continent where there are a lot of jambu trees there. Mm. And in fact, if you look at many sutras, uh, jambu tree appears in many sutras. Yeah. So the region itself yeah this refers to the whole region not just one city or one state yeah, so nan san zan bu so nan nan so refers to the southern uh, continent uh, when we say continent it doesn't necessarily uh, reflect the same idea of what we think of as continent uh, yeah but it's just the section south of uh, Mount Sumeru, yeah. So from some of this description, then it becomes uh, clear that the this there are, there are four main continents described in the sutra. Yeah. Uh, so this Nansan Puzhou refers to the southern continent. Yeah. Uh, and so this statement taken in that light uh, then becomes very uh, strong. That just one thought of of anger, yeah, one thought of anger uh, or hatred can uh, can destroy, can wipe out all the people in the whole uh, Jambu Dipa, which is basically almost the whole Indian Indian plains, uh, yeah. And if you think about it, throughout history, many war, many uh, horrible, horrific things have been done uh, out of that moment of anger, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So, uh, in the Chinese tradition, there's this verse, 
火燒功德林 So uh, that one thought of anger or hatred can burn up the whole forest of merits In a way this is like a metaphor that if your merits is like forest, yeah, like trees uh, so each time you do a good deed yeah, uh, or a wholesome deed yeah, you do a cultivation then you plant a tree, imagine okay? you plant a seed then grow into a tree so after planting well, not just one tree, two trees but many trees becomes uh, a forest yeah? but you just need one thought of anger uh, burn up everything <laughs> yeah. so in that light uh, so uh, so to cure this uh, all this problem whether it is the so in this case the defilements of hatred yeah uh, what if you go all over the place and you cannot find the cure? Yeah, cannot find a cure. Mm. Yeah, then you can. Then how? <laughs> if you cannot find this cure, then you can forget it. Uh, pack up and go back. Yi wang yi qie zi, ba ku zu shen jiao, zi yi ruo bu xing, chi ji ying he zhe. So. So this Iwang, uh, king of of medicine. Who is the king of medicine? Uh, here is actually describing the Buddha. Yeah. Uh, the Buddha here this. Here it it says uh, omniscient physician. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I feel very squeamish whenever the the word omniscient appear yeah. uh, because mm, there are many there are many uh, sutras that describe how the Buddha has uh, great knowledge supreme knowledge yeah. uh, knows all the different worlds yeah. but to claim to be omniscient is not necessarily something that the Buddha has made yeah. what does it mean to be omniscient to be omniscient commonly means that you can know everything. Yeah, that you know everything actually, not just can, yeah, but you know every single thing. In uh, in religion and philosophy, uh, there is this paradox of omniscience, because if there is omniscience, then uh, by definition you cannot have free will. In the philosophy, there's this uh, paradox that's raised. So, take for example, uh, let's say one of you is omniscient. Being omniscient, it means that you know everything already. Yeah, everything. And when we say everything, uh, it means everything that has happened in the past, everything that is happening in the present, and everything that will happen in the future. Yeah, if you already know that it's going to happen in a certain way then whoever is going to do it have no choice yeah. technically speaking you actually don't have any choice yeah. there are instances where 
the Buddha is said to have foretold future events. Yeah? Uh, but he don't go around talking about everything that is going to happen. He only give very specific uh, this person in future uh, will become <coughs> will, will attain enlightenment yeah, and is known by Maitreya. Yeah? Uh, so in such cases um, it is not about everything. Uh. Mm. It's not about everything. So for example if you are uh, let me see so if I release my hand uh, my finger uh, that is holding the wire wrapper uh, can someone tell me what will happen to the wire wrapper yeah quite certainly uh, under most circumstances this is going to just drop yeah uh, but whether you will drop and drop to the floor, uh, that's another thing altogether. Because as I release, I can also catch it. Yeah, uh, but it will definitely drop. Mm. So to that extent, uh, the you can see in various suttas where certain sort of um, so-called prediction is being made mm. in a very limited way. Yeah, in a limited way. <coughs> so this Yiwang Yichiezi. Uh, in my lineage, we, when we say Yichiezi, is that the Buddha, yeah, Iwang here refers to the Buddha, yeah, the king uh, physician, uh, it refers to his knowledge of uh, not, not simply knowing everything, uh, but um, having the wisdom, the knowledge of uh, the pertinent aspect of everything. And what is the pertinent aspect of everything how things arise mm. how all things that are conditioned are subject are impermanent are subject to change yeah. and sentient beings cling onto it uh, that is subject to suffering mm. uh, that covers everything yeah. mm. so uh, as far as my lineage is concerned, that each uh, covers that. Uh, not there are some there are some lineages that uh, insist the Buddha know every single thing, including our how the computer works. Yeah, that the Buddha two thousand five six hundred years ago knows that today the computer will take a long time to boot up. Uh, do you think so? <laughs> Personally, uh, I will still take refuge in the Buddha even if he don't know that this is going to happen. <laughs> it would be quite amazing if he can know about it. Yeah? But to me, uh, for me to take refuge in the Buddha and his teaching, I don't need him to know about this. I only need that whatever he described about suffering is true. Uh, that to me is the most important thing. I d- I only need to know that uh, whatever he described about all things in this world, yeah, the key features that lead to suffering, why do we suffer over so many things? Uh, this is the key pertinent part of the Buddha. Yeah. Uh, the rest to me is arbitrary. Uh, so, uh, 
So the Buddha, with this kind of wisdom, Baku Zhu Shenjiang, through his wisdom, then he gives teachings on how to remove suffering. How to remove suffering. If you encounter a friend who tells you that, oh, he knows of this uh, doctor, Dr. Tan, or Dr. something, okay? Wow, very good. Then, then you ask him, ask your friend, so what is he good at? Then your friend says, uh, he's good at uh, playing mahjong. Then you may wonder, like, then why, why do you mention that he's a doctor? A doctor should be good at curing patients. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe your friend say, he's very good at giving MC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, some people may find that useful also. Mm. But usually for sick patients, when you are looking for a doctor, you want to look for a doctor who can cure you of your illnesses. Yeah. So as far as the Buddha is concerned, with all his wisdom, uh, the, the key benefit he brings to sentient beings, to this world, is the teachings that can remove suffering. Yeah. Baku Chu Shenjiang, the various, uh, the common translation for Shen is noble. Yeah, so I will still highlight that. The common translation for the word Shen in Pali or Sanskrit is Aryan. Yeah, Aryan. So uh, the word Aryan, if you check English dictionary, it does have the word, the, the meaning noble. Yeah, noble. Yeah, uh, but sometimes I like to use the word enlightened. Mm, enlightened. Uh, uh, the when we use the word noble, it can mean that it's precious and rare. Yeah, precious and rare. Yeah, yeah precious and rare teaching. <coughs> uh, in the Chinese tradition, sin is not just precious and rare. Yeah, but usually have the connotation of being enlightened. Uh, so if you want to uh, follow the, the common translation, then it's, no, it's noble. Yeah? Uh, but of late, I'm exploring using the term uh, enlightened instead. So with respect to these uh, teachings, yeah? this teaching that can remove suffering, mm. so uh, after knowing it, but you don't practice. <laughs> if you don't know and you don't practice, uh, at least you have the <laughs> excuse of saying that you don't know. Huh? Uh, but after knowing it, and yet you don't practice, then the, the, the level of your delusion is said to be the max. Huh? <laughs> it's, it's so 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 strong that it is you are worthy to be admonished yeah to be uh, told off to be scolded yeah <coughs> mm. 
So if you if you encounter a lot of these uh, perils or dangers, then you need to uh, very cautiously, uh, uh, effort earnestly, yeah, uh, take precautions. Quang duo qian yu xun, chang jie xian nan chu. So even more, yeah, even more, if you. If you were to fall into a Kuang Duo Qian Yu Xin. So this Yu Xin, uh, this, this is a phrase uh, that the original term is Yu Jana. Yeah, Jana. Yeah, so Yu Xin, uh, there, there are two sources that I've checked. In the Thai tradition, Venerable Tanisaru Bhikkhu gave uh, an approximation of how long this yojana is. Yeah? It's equals to a, a few miles. Yeah? Because they are located in US, uh, they use miles. So when I check the Chinese sources, it says something like yi xin is like si uh, yeah? Then the si si is how many gong li. Yeah? So it's like something like 20 km or something. So one yojana is actually a very long distance. Oh, very long distance. Um, if you all want to have the specific uh, distance, uh, you all can let me know. I can give you the exact metric uh, information, okay? <laughs> but all the sutras references are with reference to measurement in the Buddha's time, yeah? which today is not in common use. Yeah, but this term, Yushin, uh, you can go and uh, take, take some note on this uh, that this is a certain this is not a trivial distance yeah and here it says so even if yushin is 1 km 1000 km you drop 1000 km imagine much more yushin is not 1 km it's several kilometers so imagine several several thousands of kilometers okay or if you were to be uh, in some some places that is filled with danger, yeah, uh, for this word jie for many many uh, for a long long time, uh, for a long long time. Yeah, if you are in such a situation, shouldn't shouldn't we uh, put in effort? Uh, to take precautions, to be careful. Mm. So these two lines, the first two and the second two, yeah, the first two is like a, a comparison. Yeah. If you if you encounter some some trouble, yeah, you will try to take precaution. Yeah. In the English translation it says if along a small and ordinary cliff I need to pick my way with special care. Yeah. So if you are, uh, if you've gone to some other countries, the highway around the mountain, yeah, it's not like Singapore, you know, uh, whether it's two way or, or one way, yeah, then there's the curb, there's all the pavement, and in some countries there's no nothing there. No? You, if you drive off, you boom, go down uh, all the way down. Yeah. So imagine if you are actually walking along a path. Yeah, going around the mountain or along the cliff, yeah. you have to take extra care. 
Now, what if you are actually um, going to plunge down, yeah, uh, plunge down into thousands of of kilometers uh, deep? Yeah. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Our our journey through samsara is actually like that. Mm. Now, this is not just talking about oh, if you go to the forest, you go to some place, you have to be careful. Now, this is a parallel to our journey through samsara. Yeah. One wrong step, boom, you go down to the lower realms. One one wrong step, you go down to the lower realms. Rosu if you were to have this thought, hmm, today I will not die. Yeah, and because I will not die, so I can live my life carefree. Yeah, this is anyi uh, This is uh, this doesn't make sense. This is not reasonable. This is not right. Faili. Uh, yeah. Uh, why? Because you never know, uh, who knows whether, uh, yeah, toy, uh, uh, next week, next weekend is Chinese New Year. Uh, Sifu, how can you choose to touch on such sensitive topic at this time? Wu Shen Zhong Gui Jing, Shi Bi Jiangling. But we must realize that our life ultimately will come to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Our uh, the final hour yeah, will ultimately come. Mm. Uh, in the past I have ever thought about this. That yeah, thinking about death is a little bit like like uh, a bit troubling uh, to think about your death. Yeah. But of late, like when we go through this text or in my own reflection, then I find that hey actually it makes me more conscious of how I live my life. It makes me really think about okay, uh how do I want to spend uh each day, how do I want to spend each week, each month, each year. Yeah. Knowing clearly that uh, not just those who have terminal illnesses, but every one of us, including those who are not here with us, attending classes, yeah, everybody, you know, everybody actually uh, faces the same predicament, mm. uh, but not everybody is aware. Yeah, mm. from this actually we can. Arouse two things. One, uh, oh, really there's a note now. Oh, oh, a metaphor. Okay. A metaphor. 
request for dedication. Yeah. One of the students' uncle passed away last night. Mm. Wow. The Buddha said there are three divine messengers. Yeah. Have I shared with you all the three divine messengers? Yes. In this class? Yes. They say no. You say yes. Am I, am I? It's okay. I repeat. So, the first divine messenger, uh, uh, aging person. Second, a sick person. Third, uh, dead person. Yeah. Or if you look at it as uh, aging, sickness, and death. Uh, not the person themselves, uh, but the condition. And in that sense, uh, being a monastic is, um, yeah, it's really a privilege. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because if I'm not a monk, I, I don't think so many people will come and text me and say, uh, Sifu, someone passed away. Sifu, someone is sick. Some, Sifu, like that, like that. Huh? Yeah. So, yeah, we get constant reminder, you know. <laughs> Yeah, constant reminder. Mm. Yeah, but life is like that. We for without reminder. The important thing here is some people then think Buddhism is pessimistic. Yeah. But life is like that, with or without the Buddha's uh, teaching on this. Even if the Buddha don't talk about this, life is still like that. So the Buddha really highlighted the pitfalls, the possible uh, danger of complacency that we sentient beings tend to have, uh, that we tend to have. Mm. So if we were to... uh, uh, Two things. One is we would uh, would actually be more... uh, yeah, alert on how we live our life. Um, ah, there's one more thing. Let me come back to that later. Mm. Okay. So, what is this one? That's not a check. Uh, uh, So who can grant me uh, fearlessness? Yeah, who can grant me fearlessness? Yun he ding tuoku. Yeah. So this word yun he. This is gu wen This is classical Chinese. Yun he. Uh, typically, it means how or what. Yeah. Yun he. Nowadays, nobody say in he. Yeah. But in classical Chinese text, whether it's uh, Buddhism, the Buddhist sutra 
or uh, some of the like classics, Sisu, yeah. and so on, and you will find this word Yunhe. So Yunhe is uh, how or what. Yeah. So in this case, um, how is uh, how is the removal or eradication of uh, of suffering possible? Yeah. How is the certain removal of suffering possible? Mm. How is this possible? Tang ruo bi si wang. Wei he jing an yi. So, uh, so tang ruo. Uh, so, if or so, uh, we would, we would ultimately, definitely uh, die. Yeah, we will definitely die. Yeah. So, why am I so carefree? Yeah. Why am I so carefree now? In a way, this parallels, uh, probably parallels how the Buddha felt when he went out of the city to visit the people. When he saw the old person, saw the sick person, and saw the funeral procession. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that is similar to what the Buddha must have felt. Yeah. Uh, if, if this uh, aging, sickness, and death can happen to everyone, including ourselves, how can we live a, a carefree life? Yeah. How can we live a carefree life? But this knowledge of aging, sickness, and death is actually not unique to Buddhism. Yeah. All cultures, uh, civilizations, religion, uh, all has knowledge of this because all human beings, <laughs> yeah, is exposed to this. Uh, but in different culture and different religion, uh, the answer is different. Yeah. Uh, so almost. Almost all religion, I don't, I haven't gone through all religion, uh, so I can only say almost all religion promises you that uh, you can be free of all these three things. You can be free of old age. Yeah. Uh, you go to this place, you will not grow old anymore. Uh, you go to this place, you will not fall sick. You go to this place, then you will not die again. Yeah. And different religion have different names. Uh, when the Buddha attained enlightenment, uh, his answer was, "What is his answer? What is his answer? His his answer was, sorry, <laughs> aging, sickness, and death is part and parcel of life. Deal with it. <laughs> There's no escape. As long as you're born." Aging, sickness, and death is inevitable. You cannot escape these three things if you are born. This is how it is. The suffering that arises is uh, is only there because you cannot accept it. Yeah. It's a very blunt message, uh, if you ask me, <laughs> yeah, but it's a truth. So far until now. Uh, there's no one who is a few thousand years old. Yeah. 
all the major religions are at least thousand over years old, isn't it? Yeah, but so far, there's no person who is over two hundred years old. Yeah. So, but yet the Buddha described nibbana as the uh, unborn, the unaging, the uh, aimless, yeah, the and deathless one, yeah, the deathless element. He described Nibbana as such a state. That if you can attain enlightenment, uh, then you will not go through this problem anymore. Uh, You will not go through this problem anymore. Uh so the the first two line is very when I when we look through this first two line it's just lines for uh Chinese New Year. Yeah, Chinese New Year around the corner. Yeah. So everything that we have experienced, yeah, we pursue, we want this, we want that, we pursue, we put in effort, and nothing wrong, yeah. Uh, but now you consider, yeah, one year has passed. Uh, how much of whatever we have pursued still remains? Uh, whatever we have pursued and try to experience, acquire, uh, how much of it has uh, is still around? Uh, how much of it still remains? Yeah. But running zizobi, this bi means it uh, or that. Uh, but because of attachment to it, to what? To those things that we have experienced before. Yeah. Whatever we have experienced, uh, now when we think about it, as I mentioned before, it's like a dream. Yeah? Like a dream. Mm. Uh, but because of this attachment we have, what happened? Uh, wei sang shi jiao. This sang shi uh, so this Sangsi can refer to our teacher uh, but it can refer to the Buddha's teaching her mm. rightly speaking over here it should refer to the Buddha's teaching so in our pursuit of what we want yeah. although after pursuing ultimately we lose it and sometimes we sh- there are things that we shouldn't pursue. We also pursue. Yeah? But because of our attachment, although we we'll lose it, because of attachment to it, uh, we go against the Buddha's teaching in pursuit of all these things, to acquire all these things. Yeah? <laughs> Uh, 
So, so this life of ours uh, ultimately we need to forsake it mm. uh, likewise our uh, our kings and friends yeah, those who are close to us we also have to forsake them so uh, we wander through samsara by ourselves. Mm. Here when we say by ourselves, at the same time, in the sutras, you find that uh, the Buddha in many, many lives uh, are actually surrounded by his friends and family, yeah, including his disciples. Yeah. They don't become uh, the Buddha. The Buddha don't just become Buddha. Varabha Ananda then happen to come along. Yeah. Or Varabha Sariputra, Varabha Mahagula, uh, Mughalana happen to come along. No. Yeah. In, in the Jataka Sutta, uh, the Buddha mentioned about so many instances in the past life yeah, where they are actually sometimes friends, sometimes relatives. Yeah. And sometimes the Buddha is, the, is an animal. Yeah. But they are, they, are, they are in close contact. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, on one hand, uh, as we go through samsara, oftentimes we keep meeting those who, who we have karmic link, uh, uh, you yuan ren. <laughs> yeah. uh, but even then, where you go to, uh, you go yourself. Yeah, not that you all, eh, hey, back, uh, next week, Sufu want to wang sen, all wang sen together. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 not like that, right? In Buddhism, if any teacher tell you next week, yeah, uh, together, don't follow, uh, uh, that's probably a cult group. <laughs> uh, that's probably a cult group. When you get reborn, you go to, from life to life. Yeah, you are actually going by yourself. Yeah, and of the six realms, is there a realm that is a permanent place that you can stay in? No. Yeah. After I become a monk, uh, even if after I become a monk, then I really feel wow, this Yeah. Literally, after uh, ordaining for about half a year plus, the mountain there's mountain ranges. So on the other mountain range, there was forest fire. Yeah. If you look at U.S. news, um, every summer there's some forest fire. Yeah. So that first year I was ordained, there was forest fire. Wow, the park, park uh, rangers they came, the forest, uh, all the authorities they came, and then they gave briefing to my sisyong, and then we were informed that uh, we have to immediately we are given like one hour to pack. And then, uh, on standby, yeah, the moment they give us notification, we must leave immediately. Yeah. Wow, so quickly. And then we are told, you can only have one hand luggage. Cannot talk about sweet bao. Of course, you may think like, but 出家人, monks shouldn't have so much things. Uh. 
but some of you would know, oh, I said to him, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a good part of it is, are all actually books. Yeah. Uh, the other items are all peripheral items in support of the Dharma propagation. Yeah. Personal item, actually, most of us don't have much things. Yeah. Uh, like you take ropes, for example. Yeah. We have this, this principle of the three sets of ropes, uh, the triple rope. Uh, yeah. Every year there are some devotees who say, can I offer ropes? So sometimes it's a predicament. If we say no, then the devotee feel very hurt. Ah, yeah, this sifu reject my offer. Yeah, uh, but actually, we usually uh, wear the same piece until it's totally unusable. Yeah, uh, and furthermore, now with this, the cloth and the sewing, everything is very good. Can use for ten over years, no problem. Yeah, so that time because of the fire then went back to my room and I thought ah, what should I bring mm. first thing came to mind okay Dharma so at that point in time I was on this little project of mine I wanted to digitize everything yeah so wanted to digitize everything and have everything in my Dell notebook years back uh, and I had most of the, the things inside, so I okay, just put in one Dell and then the Yuche Sidilun and one of the Nikaya. Then I look at all the other books. <sighs> then a few pieces of clothing, okay, one small bag, okay. And wait, wait, wait. Until uh, at night, don't know, about 9 plus, then they give an, another notification. Okay, have to move. You can only have one person staying back. Yeah, and that person have to also move if they give a notification. Uh, so we shifted to the southern campus that is about 45 minutes to an hour away. The next morning when I woke up in the empty room with one luggage, then I had this thought. Yeah. <sighs> I opened up, and, you know, then I look at the, the back and I had this amazing thought. Ah, today I feel like I'm a monk. <laughs> yeah. So many years later, the one small luggage become. <laughs> yeah. So how? See now, I even have voice recorder. So, uh, some people think, some people say that when they uh, they, do, they are hesitating to ordain, they hesitate to ordain because uh, monastic life don't have a lot of support system. Yeah? There's no support system in place to ensure that they have a place to stay, that they have food, they have you know, medical support, uh, then uh, dentals, dental, la, optical treatment, la, then once a year go for holiday. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most people who want to ordain, they won't think about holiday. La, but some would think about 
uh, would I get, have a place to stay? How many of you are not concerned whether you have a place to stay? How many of you are concerned about having a place to stay? Yes? Hmm. So this is a, you know, you can, you can say that, okay, I don't go for a tour. You can say that I don't drive a big car, yeah, but you need a place to stay. So for many people, there's this concern. Yeah? Uh, if I don't have a place to stay, uh, then how? So uh, some people then hesitate to ordain. Yeah. Uh, in a way, I'm quite gullible. Uh. Yeah. My teacher, my late ordination teacher, never tell me anything about this, you know. So he just say that uh, you must fulfill some requirements, yeah. Uh, then you can come. Then say, oh, okay, I can fulfill. Okay, chung <laughs> Then in Taiwan, when I was the day I was ordained, my sister uh, came to offer me one whole stack of fifty dollar notes. When I saw it, I was like, hey, I just, I just take up the precepts, you know, put some金银财宝身上. <laughs> Then you know not to not to touch gold and silver and everything. Then you you come and give me one whole of fifty dollars. Then she kneeling down. Then she look at me. Then she said, "You really don't." Want? I said, "Yeah, I don't." Want. <laughs> then she then she said, "Then how are you going to buy your air ticket to the US?" Because <laughs> I was in Taiwan at that point in time for ordination. Yeah, then still need to take a flight to US, ma. <clears throat> then I said, "Oh, okay." This is for your etiquette. Uh. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> mm. uh, but I must share this with you. Uh, yes, it is true that the ordained life uh, would appear to be less certain, to be more uncertain, to be less stable, yeah, uh, to have no security. In a way, today in Singapore, uh, I can't say for other countries, today in Singapore, um, it is way better than in India already. Yeah, in the Buddha's time, they just go on the street, you know, <laughs> literally on the street. <laughs> and then wherever they stop, they will just sit there, you know, if they if on that day they go around, nobody offer food. really yeah, because they cannot possibly carry a fridge la. Then Oh, I need my vitamin K twelve la, B twelve la, A B C D E F G whatever. You know, wow. Then along the way, maybe my lips are what then I apply this la. Then sunshine. Not very likely la. yeah. The Buddha did allow some basic stuff, yeah, that you know that you need, like the water strainer, um, the the needle kit, and so on. Yeah, but nothing, nothing, too much more than that. Yeah. Uh, so since the Buddha time, Buddha's time, it was like that. But in the past few years, uh, as I move around different centers. Uh, this become even more uh, stuck in my face. Then I thought about it because some devotees, when they hear that I'm moving from one place, then they, ah, yeah, they feel worse than me, you know. 
they're more concerned about it than me. Uh, I'm not laughing at them, uh, but I start to wonder, oh yeah, because for most lay person, having a place to stay is actually very important. Doesn't mean that it's not important for us, yeah. But then, the reverse. When I do a reverse reflection, then I thought about it. Actually, it is also uncertain for you all. No one, no one's, no one can say it's certain. That's why we need to buy insurance. You know, that's why we try to, um, like, get a lodging that is more permanent. Instead of, instead of just staying in a Airbnb, we stay in a we, we we rent, but rental is not certain. Yeah, your tenant, your landlord can just end your contract. So you try to buy a house. Yeah, or you write a, you sign a contract that is longer term. We do. You notice everything we do, if it's something that we want or we like, that give us certainty, and safety, uh, we want to do what we can to ensure that it can be sustained. Yeah. Um, we, as a person in, uh, in this world, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah, I'm not saying that, oh, this is wrong. Yeah, but you must realize that no matter how much time and effort we put in to try to make it more certain, there is still uncertainty in life. This is the nature of this world. Yeah. This is the nature of this world. There are certain things that you can be a bit more certain about. For example, if you want to drink water, you reach out with your hand, raise it up, drink water. Is this certain? Mm. If you really think about it, as I'm saying it and I'm thinking about it, right? Initially, I wanted to use it as an example to say that this is certain. But as I finish that sentence and I look at the glass and I reach out, right, then I realize that, hey, it's not certain, you know. I can suddenly have a stroke. And I, before I even reach, reach it, I have a stroke and I just go into a fits. It's possible, you know. <laughs> huh? What? What? No, but it's true, isn't it? You know what I mean? And that's why when such things happen, we are so stricken with shock and, and like, ah, wow, what happened? Because we don't expect it to happen. We don't want it to happen. We think it will not happen. It shouldn't happen. But it can happen. Even as simple as just the, the, the glass over there reaching out. You think, you think it's certain that, huh? Yeah, and maybe it can break. Yeah. In my own life, I've encountered so many cases where things that don't usually break just break in front of you. <laughs> you know, when you've seen it now, this thing you're like, nothing is very certain. Mm. And it's about seeing this and realizing this that yeah, then we we our tendency to to try to make things certain, our tendency to want to be in control. To think that we are in control, uh, that that be, then you realize that that is a Tian Dao Meng Xiang. That is a delusion that we have. But until that happens, uh, what will we do? Ran Ying Zhi Zuo Bi. 
呃，律为上师教， yeah. So this lü, uh, is actually repeated. Uh, it means repeated again and again, uh, not just once. Lü wei sang shi jiao. So, 此生若虚舍，亲友亦如是。Sorry, we are already on this line. Ah,、uh. 独行无定所。Ah,、uh, sorry, we were at this part here. 独行无，独行无定所。何须结清愁？清愁啊！所以，呃 ，if we can see truly that our life is like that, then， 呃、uh, ，is there a need for us to， 呃、uh, ，have such a strong attachment and distinction between friend and foe？ 嗯，我呢，那时候，嗰段你记讲咩 ？Yeah。Of course, we can also say that in the first lesson, ah, my own gate gal, okay, ah,、uh, but why not? Hmm. Yeah. So the Buddha's teaching is a lot, not just talking about what you must do, but why you must do it. Yeah. For many students, they say, "How come Buddhism is so, so, like, wow, on and on, ah, so chim, ah, no, no, it's because who don't know the modern answer? Yeah, let go." Don't be so,、uh, you know, discriminating. Don't be so attached. Yeah, 共归啊，走康康啊。Yeah, so a lot of the Buddha's teaching is about why you should do it.、Uh, to give you the the very strong and deep reasoning. Yeah, and if you can internalize that, then、uh, you can do it easily. Yeah, then you can do it easily. Yeah, so as long as there is this uh, uh, evil and wholesomeness, then. Uh, the various suffering, all the different sufferings can arise. How can one then、uh, be free yeah, of all this? Uh, so, henceforth, 故物当一心 Yeah, this 物 as I mentioned before, is I. Yeah, henceforth, I shall what. Uh, that I will single-mindedly, yeah, that I will apply my mind to this. And what it is, what is this? To remove suffering. Yeah, I will apply my mind towards the removal of suffering.、Uh, it is not that we don't think about removal of suffering, also. Yeah,、uh, but. We are very forgetful.、Mm. I read last time I read, or I heard, venerables、uh, make this comment.、Uh, Sentient beings, we are we are very forgetful. <laughs> And now I know. Yeah, yeah, we are very forgetful. Yeah, when we encounter problem, ah, namo kwan simposa. Please, Bobby, Bobby, one last time, help! Please help. 
Really, really, one more time. Just last time. Yeah, last time. Okay, steady. Yeah. Okay, okay, Bobby, Bobby. Yeah. Then after everything is over, yay, party, party. Okay. Wu Ying, Wu Ming Chi, Fan Zhu, Zi Xing Zui, Huo Fu, Suo Zi Zui, Ru Si, Zhong Guo Zui. So, Wu Ying, Wu Ming Chi. So, because of uh, ignorance and delusion. That's what happened. So, uh, so this I would refer to all of us. Uh, uh, all of us, Fan So we would have transgressed and committed various uh, wrong uh, wrongdoings that is of unwholesome nature, yeah, that is of evil nature. Mm. What is zi xing zui? Uh, so, a bit of uh, explanation. So, for example, in the five precepts, yeah, the five precepts, the first four are considered xing zui. Okay? The first four of the five precepts are considered xing zui. What is xing zui? It means that this wrongdoing, uh, the nature of it is evil and wholesome. It's not subject to, you know, uh, uh, culture or time. If you consider the first four, sa dao ying wang, killing, stealing, sexual misconduct, and lying, this four uh, applies to all sentient beings. All sentient beings. Uh, if you try to kill them, of course, let's put aside those who want to commit suicide first. Huh? Yeah. Even those who want to commit suicide, only when they want to die, then you know, it must be at their terms. Yeah. Before they are ready, you want to kill them? Oh, see how the So to kill, to take the life of a sentient being, that is disagreeable to all. Yeah, that is harmful in nature. To take the possession of another person without permission, uh, against the will of another person, of the owner, mm. that is um, universally disagreeable. Yeah, that is harmful. To have sexual relations with another person uh, that either the person is unwilling, or uh, that it is uh, improper. Yeah, that means uh, the person is not a suitable person for you to have sexual relations. Yeah. Uh, then the fourth one is uh, lying. Yeah. All this, the first four, uh, by by the act itself, it is harmful. Uh, so if you do them intentionally, ah, that is what we call to have a wrongdoing uh, that is unwholesome by nature. Now this is in contrast to the next line, So there are some rules that the Buddha has put in place. Yeah, but th- these rules don't, per- don't necessarily always pertain to harmfulness. Yeah, don't always. So there are certain monastic rules uh, 
for example, it talks about uh, how long, how wide our ropes has to be. It talks about how high the bed should be. Yeah? You're not directly harming anyone. <laughs> yeah? uh, or even if you just look at the five precepts, the fifth precept, taking alcohol. Mm. Uh, when you drink alcohol, you're not having uh, harmful thoughts. Or at least most people. Uh, yeah? But why is it that this is also a precept? Uh, this precept is uh, considered a protective precept yeah? to prevent other problems. Prevent what problem? Prevent the loss of clarity that results in the breaking of the first four. Yeah? So it supports the first four precept. Yeah? So besides those uh, that is fundamentally harmful, yeah? unwholesome, evil unwholesome in nature, all the other precepts that the Buddha have uh, uh, set uh, uh, set forth, yeah, um, we may have transgressed also, yeah. Due to what? Due to ignorance and delusion. Wu Ying, Wu Ming Chi, yeah, Fan Zhu Zi Xing Zui, Huo Fuo Suo Zi Zui. So, Ru Si Zhong Guo Zui. Yeah, so uh, all this, mm, all this whole mass of of the of the uh, evil and wholesomeness that we have done. So, He Zhang Hu Zhu Qian. This Hu Zhu is referring to the Buddha. Yeah. So He Zhang means put our palms together. Yeah. With our palms together, in front of the Buddha. In other words. So all the way up to now, wow, then finally you see this. Yeah, uh, to to actually uh, pay respect to the Buddha, yeah, uh, with three prostration, and then to do a confession repentance, yeah, of all the wrongs that we have done. What kind of mindset? So with the kind of mindset uh, of being aware uh, that uh, there there is pain and suffering that comes with evil and wholesomeness. That there is suffering that comes with evil and wholesomeness. So... uh, I heard, I heard that those of us, there are, there are some people, when they hear that uh, a person is uh, is now taking on vegetarian diet, then some people will tease you. Uh, what will they say? Jia bo Meaning that, oh, you're on a vegetarian diet to cover up for your evil wrongdoing. Uh, it is it is uh, it is said in a very um, negative connotation, almost in a condescending way, like, oh, so you have done bad things, uh, in other words. Uh, and in contrast, some people will then say, well, I'm a good person, so I don't have to eat vegetarian diet. <laughs> But 
uh, I thought about this statement for a while. Then I thought, actually, even if a person that's not bad also. Huh? At least he's aware that he has done wrong. I mean, we Chinese have this saying, that being a mortal, uh, we are not enlightened nor so virtuous. So being like that, who, who, is, who can say that oh, they have no faults? Yeah? That being the case, those who don't say, it means that they, they don't know that they are sick. Uh, no? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so to me, a lot of our common saying, when you think a bit deeper, hey, there's some interesting things there. Huh? Mm. So nothing wrong with jiajie bo It means that this person has some wisdom, yeah, and awareness. Yeah. Then he will know that oh, I I'm imperfect, and in a way he has humility also. Yeah, uh, he knows that uh, I'm still not perfect yet. I I might still do wrong. But as to whether the concept, the concept that, oh, if you're on vegetarian diet, you can uh, sort of like uh, mitigate you know, the wrongdoings you have done. Uh, that needs some explanation. Uh. Uh, there are some, some practices that can, in a way, mitigate, yeah, uh, because they are uh, counteractive. Yeah. So if you if you are a person who is prone to anger, yeah, a quarrelsome person, uh, then you can do some practices, such as you practice uh, loving kindness. Yeah, uh, every morning when you wake up, uh, have just sit there quietly for a while, and then generate happy thoughts. Mm, yeah, generate happy thoughts. Yeah. Think of the people around you and visualize them smiling. Mm. And then in your mind, smile at them. Mm. Yeah. Then it becomes a habit, uh, a positive habit, a wholesome habit, such that when you see that person, yeah, you, you really smile at that person. Have you ever noticed when you have uh, some conflict with a person, then you don't want to look at that person. Yeah? You don't even want to look at that person, not to mention smile. Oh no, Sifu. <laughs> huh? Don't even want to look at that person. You still, Sifu, you still ask me to smile at that person. You wait long, long. <laughs> I don't even want to. Yeah. In fact, huh? The person come for Ru Pusa I don't. I don't attend. Sorry, Sifu. I can. <laughs> uh, no, no, all of you are here. No, so no problem. But I've ever heard before, you know. Because of this kind of conflict, then they give up on the Dharma. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, in a way, it is true. Yeah, but not all tzikak can be can be covered by jiajie. Uh. Uh, so, if you have uh, the defilement of active defilement of anger, you must cultivate the opposing one. Yeah, which is loving kindness. If you have uh, some cruelty, yeah, uh, then you should practice compassion. Yeah. Uh, there are different antidotes for different problems. Uh, and that, that is a crucial part of this process of It is not just going through the ceremony and then just say a few words. Uh, 
yeah, or buy a few gum, chiam, ping kui, kui alep. But it is that when you truly uh, change, uh, and how do you how do you change by practicing the counter uh, mental qualities? Zhu fo qi kuan su, wang xi suo zao zui. So, some of these this, uh, verses um, So here it is literally asking the Buddha for uh, forgiveness uh. Mm. Uh, But as I've mentioned before um, in some cases, some of the uh, those that is directly set down by the Buddha, uh, we can see in the Pali Canon that disciples go to see the Buddha and ask for forgiveness. Yeah, uh, and then the Buddha would tell them off a bit lah. Then after that, will still end with the statement, uh, but it is uh, growth in the Dharma Vinaya. It is cruel for one to see that the, the, you have done wrong. Yeah, uh, do not do this again. Mm. But the Buddha will still tell. Uh, sometimes very bluntly, uh, "You foolish man." <laughs> Since when did the Tathagata say that this is uh, permissible? Uh, per- permissible. Yeah. Uh, then after that, okay. But it is cruel uh, in the Dharma to recognize your fault. So, uh, it is not simply about the Buddha uh, forgiving you, yeah, but it's really about you turning over the new leaf, yeah, changing ourselves, and yeah, changing ourselves. Mm. So all the wrongs and evil unwholesomeness that we have done in the past. 此即非善行 uh, oh, this uh, means I also yeah. so in all the different languages for, for one word for one thing you can have many expressions uh, oh, yeah. so um, all these um, are, uh, are not wholesome they are not good they are evil and wholesomeness I uh, <coughs> vow not to do it again so we have 15 minutes eh? yeah 15 minutes y'all can ask questions yes Biling. okay mm. so uh, this is this is your favorite now about attachment. Ran in Yeah, so this verse sixty, the second half of it. Ran in Zizobi Sang Yeah. So uh Billing has asked about this question and in a way she asked for everybody, huh? Uh who has attachment in this room? 
raise your hand. Everybody must raise your hand. Uh. If you don't have any more attachment, oh, then all of us turn around, so, then bow down. Uh. <laughs> uh, so, uh, attachment. How do we overcome our attachment? Mm. How many of you have tried to overcome your attachment? Uh, the rest, boy, what does it Must overcome. Uh. <laughs> um, when you try to overcome your attachment, how many of you have succeeded? Now. Now, yes. Oh. Then don't have to ask anymore. Not totally. Ah, so partially. Yes. How many of you have partially overcome your attachments? Mm, a bit more. Yeah. So, uh, one of the challenges of overcoming attachments is if you try to um, remove your attachment directly, you'll find that it's an uphill task. Uh, the, our attachments towards things is like any other thing that is conditioned in this world. As long as there are conditions for it to arise, it will arise. If there are still conditions for your attachment, your attachment will still arise. Until the conditions are removed, the attachments will arise and stay there. Ah, let me repeat again. Ah. So, as long as the conditions for our attachments are still there, our attachments will still arise. Simple as that. Okay, let me just open up a new file <coughs> and just so attachments. Can you all see from behind? Is it clear enough? Can I? So Attachments have supporting conditions. Yeah. So, <coughs> uh, if we if we uh, try to remove attachments directly, yeah. If you try to remove attachments directly, without removing or reducing the supporting conditions then what happened you have you will keep on feeling yeah come back it may come back stronger so the Chinese saying Zan Chao Bu Chu Gen Chun Fong Chui Yo Sen 
and then you realize, hey, this has some Buddhist element inside. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a real life thing as well. Yeah. Mm. So, what is the so the root of it yeah, is that uh, for attachment, let's just consider those things that are delightful, yeah, that we like. Yeah. So uh, there is delight in uh, there's delightful objects. Delightful, desirable objects. So we see them as delightful and desirable. If they are truly delightful and desirable, they shouldn't bring about suffering. When uh, delightful means that it can give you happiness, so uh, when uh, why must we remove attachments? Why must we remove attachments? Mm. Uh, so. <coughs> You notice that I I go backwards and ask. Yeah, if you just directly try to remove attachments, or even try to remove the supporting conditions, you uh, uh, there there'll be this small part of you who is questioning. But why must I remove the? As much as we suffer over our attachments, yeah, uh, but you need to be thoroughly convinced, you know, that attachment. bring about suffering so that's one so what else if you consider these two delightful and desirable Then the the Buddha's approach is uh, go and look at how delightful and how desirable it is, and know thoroughly the full extent of how much delight it can give you. Know completely and thoroughly the extent of the joy and happiness that this entity can truly give you. So this is about knowing the object that you desire. Most of the time when we try to remove attachment, we we usually just try to uh, don't think about it. Yeah. Or don't come into contact with it. Yeah, but the 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 Buddha's approach is you must go and uh, see directly, go and observe, go and reflect what is the full extent of the happiness that this object can actually give you.
because until we examine it carefully, it seems like a blank check, uh, limitless. Uh, it feels like, wow. But when you really examine it carefully, that's all it can give you, you know. Uh, that's all it can give you. So, this approach is interesting because uh, this approach means that we are not denying that desirable things can give you happiness. It's just that the happiness has a limit. And then after that, you go and reflect on this delight and happiness itself. Is it dependable? Uh, then you reflect on uh, the nature of the delight and happiness. Yeah, so this is reflect on the full extent of delight and happiness that object brings. How much happiness can it bring? Then after that we reflect on the happiness itself. Is it dependable? Does it depend on conditions for it to come about? You must be careful. Uh. If you do this often enough, you might just get enlightened. So, if you are not ready to be enlightened, <laughs> you may want to, you know. <laughs> so, the nature of the delight and happiness from this would give you, um, will help you to realize the thoughts and danger or shortcomings yeah, of delight and happiness yeah, and also of the object <coughs> because then you realize that the delight and happiness is not as perfect as uh, it appears on the surface In one of the sutta, the Buddha highlighted there is uh, pleasure in this world. If there's no pleasure in this world, sentient beings will not be uh, merged in this cycle of birth and death. That means we don't get stuck in it. But because there's pleasure, so it's very interesting. The Buddha doesn't come out. No, there's no pleasure in this world. He says, No, there is pleasure. That's why we get stuck. And we get stuck because we get stuck by the pleasure because we don't really know the pleasure. We don't know how the, the full extent of the pleasure. So it, when you don't know the full extent, it always seems like, wow, there's more, you know. <laughs> but when you know that it's a finite, there's an extent. And furthermore, it's not dependable. It is also dependent arising. It is impermanent. Yeah and hence subject to change and this change very crucially is that it is uncertain change yeah. uncertain change as a result the happiness that you get from whatever you desire is also uncertain And because of this uncertainty, then it brings about anxiety, stress, uh, worry, 
yeah. And when you finally, when it finally changed, then you have sorrow, grief, yeah, and pain. When we say we lose it, it just means that you lose control. <laughs> Doesn't mean that the thing or person disappear totally. It just go not according to your wishes. <laughs> now there are many things in our life that don't go according to our wishes. Yeah? But we don't always react so strongly. So what is the distinction? Those matters, those things that we are more attached to, when they don't go, go according to our wishes, uh, we are more affected. Mm, that's all. Uh, in a way, the Buddha don't say that that is right or wrong. Yeah, but he just says that well, attachment is not conducive for happiness. Not that attachment is wrong. You want to be attached, go ahead. <laughs> you know, and if there's something that is within your control and is permanent, your your attachment will not bring suffering. The problem is that this world is the way it is is uncertain change. So in, in a way, it's very interesting. The more we learn Buddhism, the Dharma, the more we realize, yeah, even just now there's a, the part about uh, it is with respect to how all sen- sentient beings do want suffering. Then we say that that is harmful by nature, that is evil by nature. So it's not that the Buddha says so, 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 it must be like that. It's because uh, nobody wants to be harmed. <laughs> then we respect to uh, whether you should practice or don't practice. Uh, there were some students last time, they asked me, but Sufu, why must I practice this path? Then I'm like, no, you don't have to practice. Then the person stunned. <laughs> uh, maybe the person was trying to, you know, uh, get me to give him, more, give him or her more reasons. Uh, but in Buddhism, we don't say that you must practice. We don't say that you must give up your attachments. It's just that for those who want to have true happiness, who want to put an end to suffering, then you should consider whether attachment leads to suffering or not. And once you have seen clearly how attachment consistently, yeah, more attachment, more suffering. Less attachment, less suffering. Uh, then. QED. The the solution is very uh, straightforward. Uh, But in order to fully do that, then you need to do uh, repeated rounds of this reflection. To truly see that the object and the the pleasure that it gives is of this nature. Whether you you reflect or not, it is like that. It is not that, oh yeah, if I had known, don't attend. Now that I attend, wow, now I look at things like But actually, whether we know or not, it is like that. And so, uh, knowing this can actually bring about a second thing which is compassion. If you truly reach the point where you find that after doing all this reflection your attachment really reduced and you are not so hankering after the objects of desire anymore then if you were to look around you uh, 
a very deep sense of compassion arises. Yeah. This compassion is not the superficial type. Superficial type means you see someone fall sick, oh, you have compassion. You see someone you know, struggling with a lot of things, oh, you have compassion. You see someone who has financial difficulty, physical difficulty, whatever difficulty, oh, you have compassion. That's also compassion, uh, but that's qu- quite superficial. Because that excludes all those who are okay. And exclude those who are better than better off than you. Then that kind of compassion is hard to come up. But when you truly appreciate what is suffering, what causes suffering, and how our attachments is the root problem, then when you look around, ayah. When you meet up with a friend once in a while, and then you have a conversation, initially you may feel like ayah repulse ayah, you know, but. Uh, here you can reflect on how when those around us they don't have they don't see this part yeah so they are, they are still pursuing for this or that yeah do they have pleasure they have uh, but you can almost say that yeah but that pleasure will be short lived mm. that pursuits will be in vain ultimately mm. uh, it, in this aspect Deep compassion arises, and when that happens, then it's easier to understand why it is said that the enlightened ones will not fight with sentient beings over over pursuits of things. Yeah. Then truly, yu shi wu zhen, wu zhen san mei. Why? Because really, you you feel, like, ah, yeah, you, you you want this, you want this, please have it. <laughs> Whatever people want from you, it's okay, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, please, please, for the limited happiness that it can give you, I wish you to be well and happy. <laughs> and then at work, of course, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I was going to say that. Some people may say, "Oh, then, at work, when you see other people get promoted, then you're okay. You work very hard. Other people get promoted, you're okay." You must realize something, you know. Whether you are okay or not, doesn't mean that you're not okay. Then you get promoted anyway. So since you're not promoted, isn't it good that you ah uh, you can be okay when you're not promoted? <laughs> yeah, and it's not an RQ thing, and a kind of like uh, dumb 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 people kind of thinking. Ah, never mind. But it's really true, deep appreciation that that you are able to say, not force yourself to let go. So, but really, w- with compassion, mm. and not that the kind of like, I hope you can But really, ayah. This doesn't mean that as Buddhists we don't work hard, that we don't strive for excellence, but it means that when the occasion arises yeah, this is about bodhisattvas uh. a bodhisattva will be willing to say if the boss asks hey, this time round you know, I have to choose two persons you and him you know, or her uh, are ready for promotion yeah, but this who and so and so you know, have, a, have a family to take care uh, what do you think yeah, for the bodhisattva 
Hey boss, no problem. You can give him the promotion. You will not feel a sense of, hey, what is this? I'm so good. <laughs> yeah, you really feel. So, so the last part you mentioned uh, reminds me of what of that sutta I mentioned. The Buddha said, because there is pleasure in this world, that's why sentient beings are stuck in samsara. And then following that he says, because there's suffering in this world, that's why sentient beings seek liberation, <laughs> seek enlightenment. Uh. Uh. So, uh, that's why we are here. Then we have the chance to for enlightenment. <laughs> Otherwise, too happily stuck there. So the question is, uh, when 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 we encounter situations where people don't provide the services they are supposed to provide, uh, how many of you would feel frustrated, or at least find it disagreeable? To make it even easier, if you have a choice, if somehow you have a choice for a service you 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 procure to go smoothly or not smoothly, which one would you choose? Smoothly. Of course, smoothly. Yeah. Whoever knowingly choose the not so smooth path, see me after this. You need counselling. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it is perfectly normal, and. Right, yeah, that you should expect things to go smoothly, yeah, uh, but sometimes it doesn't go smoothly <laughs> most of the time, uh. 
uh, in my whole life, there are many things that go smoothly. There are also many things that don't go smoothly. And I, when I think about my whole life, there are some cases where when things don't go smoothly, uh, I, I just, okay. Yeah, but there are many times where I, oh no, you know, in the corporate bank table, <laughs> yeah, really bank table. There are occasions where I have encountered as well. So I understand <laughs> the frustration. Although I cannot say that it's the same, because probably different kind of services that we, are, we require. Uh, in many ways, mine are in some ways uh, more trivial, uh, I think. Yeah. Like telco problems. Nah. You know? Mine is also trivial, I mean, it's, but it's necessary to get the problems. Yeah, yeah, of course. We, it's only More fair. Supporting services. Supporting services. So I will share with you what I somehow did recently. I can't say whether it's because my cultivation has improved <laughs> or because maybe I just, okay, la, you know. Too, too, yeah, maybe resign or too worn out. I don't, I don't fight, I don't fight. <laughs> so, like some of, the, uh, some of the items, uh, what was it? Uh? Uh, uh, fiber broadband, fiber internet. Uh, come down, uh, install. Eh? The point is not active. Go back again. Then after that, uh, tell me that, oh, they will check and let me know. Then in the end, the person called me up. Uh, I'm sorry, but the, <laughs> the 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 problems cannot be fixed so quickly, and we don't know when it will be fixed. The moment I heard this, uh, <laughs> that you don't know when it will be fixed, uh, wow, my my ten year old that means the me from ten years ago want to come out and say, what are you talking about? <laughs> I want to I want to talk to your supervisor. <laughs> Honestly, and this just happened like late last year. <laughs> but then I was like, ah, and uh, in that instance, right, a part of me was like, wow, ne. <laughs> then I just thought, okay, and maybe, maybe the the cassette officer was quite good, or maybe I just didn't respond fast enough. Somehow the next the next line that came from that person was, uh, uh, so what we're going to do is we'll provide a free cable broadband in a time being until it's rectified. So that's why I say I don't know whether my cultivation has improved or is it because they have an alternative solution for me. Anyway, after three months later, out of the blue, they call me up after three months of free broadband internet. <laughs> Yeah, three, two, three months. You know, for me, huh? Yeah, for me, three hours. I will, I call, I will call that person, write email. Whoa. But yeah, I just so I, I must admit, I don't know whether it's because there was the free cable internet. <laughs> yeah, but I think even in the past, you give me free so hard. Yeah, you you all should have double check. You're wasting my time. You know, I will go on and on, and, but. Of late, I encountered a few of this kind of like, and something told me, chances are it's actually not this person who is talking to me, not directly this person's fault, you know. 
And you know how the, co- the whole world works? Oftentimes the problem is not just that one person, it's a whole mesh of things, you know. Like MRT breakdown, it's easy to say that it's that CEO who whatever, but it's also all the board of directors, ma. the CEO, CEO like that, CEO can always say something, <laughs> financial consultant, can, so many CXO can say something, nobody says anything. Ma. Yeah, The shareholders also never say anything, <laughs> they should read through the annual report, right? So it's easy and quite convenient and quite habitual for us to just lump all everything to one person. Somehow that day, the, 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 the few occasions, different, different occasions, yeah, somehow I'm like, okay, it's okay. Yeah, and the best thing is that each time when it happened and I respond in this way, I even sort of like laugh and joke with that person like, oh yeah, no problem, it's, it's like that one. And the person, you can see the person's relief, no? like the person looks so tense up, like ready to for a fight already. <laughs> then you say, you know what, it's okay, lah. it doesn't matter. You know? That person, you can really feel the sense of relief from that person. Yeah, and, and that was that. And, and it was perhaps over the years, the realization that you get angry, uh, it doesn't always solve the problem. In fact, many times it doesn't solve the problem. You actually create more problems. Yeah. So this is one part of it. Uh, as to how to get the proper service, like for example this fiber thing, I mean, short of opening up all the trunking, uh, I mean, I can do that, but am I going to do that? <laughs> you know? So there are some things that if you can fix, you fix. But there are some things that you can't fix, then you just, you really have to as- learn to accept that. Okay, currently it's like that. Yeah. But to realize that, yeah, my whole life, maybe there's this problem, there's that problem, that, but there's still a lot of parts of it that is actually still quite okay yeah. uh, to me this is how I find peace for myself yeah. I don't find peace in that sense uh. because then to get the problem solved then I find myself having to step into manage the other person yeah I know and this is this. you know sorry you know what I used to tell people please don't tell me about your business process I, I, yeah, this is literally what I used to tell people. <laughs> For those of you who actually handle customer, yeah, I, I'm the kind of nasty customer. <laughs> so embarrassing to tell you. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm those people who will tell you, you, you maybe don't even tell them that. I would tell people like, like I would let them go on with their things. Then I'm like, but that is your business process. Your business process shouldn't become my problem. Yeah. And sometimes I will, I will just take things in my own hand and say, you know what, let me just tell you how to do your job. <laughs> yeah, I can be quite sarcastic sometimes. But nowadays I look at it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so my question really is, mm. how do I get out of this? Uh, this mm. So do, try to do it once. Try to do it once. And in a very interesting way, is linked to meditation. Yeah. Like, I have tried. Huh? Try, try one thing. Same service provider continuously do the wrong thing. Ah. Uh. You know, uh, and, and it's, it's uh, like building up 
Oh. Okay, so then a, a few things I can suggest in, in this short time. Uh. One, if you can, and if it's a repeat, you know what they say, fool me once, shame on you. Uh, shame, on, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, if it's a repeat problem and keep on, <laughs> then maybe if we can, change a service provider. Um, but I want to end the session by highlighting that uh, believe it or not, uh, when we have a true acceptance and transformation of our mindset and uh, our heart uh, towards the matter, uh, sometimes things just the whole thing just change. Yeah. Uh, long story short, uh, I used to stay here for four years. So on the third floor is a common space, and then uh, three two rooms and a pantry. So I used to stay in one of the rooms, and the outside area, uh, there was a period of time we actually let the, the, the Dharma school have classes outside. So there was once or twice, a few times where uh, I couldn't, I, I barely managed to get out of my room uh, because the, 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 the chairs were not stacked up properly. So again, embarrassing moment of a monk, <laughs> like, I was like, Oh, Byung-Yi, what is this? <laughs> Housing, you know, like, let you all use this place, then you all don't stack up properly. My, 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 my door was blocked, half of it was blocked, so I have to sneak my way out. So I was like, ah. But again, fortunately, because day in, day out, keep talking about Yuan Qi Xing Kong, you know, so I was like, ah, the moment there's this frustration, so I observe it, then I reflect upon it, then I really forced myself to go and reflect on the matter. I reflect on how the chairs are there by conditions. And I'm like, okay, it's okay. I accept this. Yeah, without conditions, this will not happen. It's okay. Then the most amazing thing is that initially, it's not that I you know. The first week, then I immediately accept. First week, what oh, big take? I must tell them. Then when the following week come, I'm like. Don't tell them. Then it happened again. <laughs> so until the second or third week, then I, I just something clicked in me. Then I decided it's okay lah. Accept it. The funniest thing is that I never tell anybody about this beforehand. You know. The moment I accept it, the following week, eh, they stack everything nicely mm-hmm. And I never told anyone. Yeah, it's not that. When they're having class, I purposely come out, bang door, then, oh yeah, they never, <laughs> no, no. I just quietly, then suddenly they, they stay every nicely. And it's not that there's no more class, but there's class. So in Buddhism, we say, our world is a manifestation of our heart, our mind. Yeah. Uh, we all face challenges in our life. Yeah. Uh, Bear in mind, uh, this is not to put the blame back onto ourselves, like, oh no, so who I encounter trouble, then you say it's my own problem. Yeah. But sometimes the, the situation is a combination of, of what is inside. Yeah. So the, the, the challenges is a manifestation of our karmic seeds, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So if you can overcome that, eh, you'd be surprised. Mm. Oh. Try, 
，愿得智慧真明了，普愿罪障悉消除，世世常行菩萨道，阿弥陀佛，起立。